This is Tim Albright with Aviation with an Aviation special celebrating Black History Month uh, with the Black experience in the AV industry. And with me is my buddy, Sean Reed. Welcome, sir. Black Power, how's it going? Good. <laughs> um, what we're doing is, is we're just kind of getting your sense and, and your experience uh, in the industry. Uh, Sean is an accomplished uh, designer, uh, programmer, worked all up and down uh, side to side in, in this country. So uh, currently up in Wisconsin. Um, the fact that he's been in different coasts and he's still in Wisconsin is a whole other issue, but that's me as a Chicago Bears fan. Um, so, Sean, talk for a second about kind of your journey because it, 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 it's an interesting journey and in how you kind of got into AV. Sure. Um, it started as a hobby as a kid. I was into home theaters and building my own stereo. My mother is a huge music fan. She got me into music, and my mom always had this giant component stereo system with a reel to reel that she still has that works. And, you know, record player and tape players and speakers and this massive record collection. So I was exposed to it. So I started to build my own home theater and save my money and, you know, slowly bit by bit with Advent speakers. And I had like a, an Iowa subwoofer that was way too powerful and should have died years ago. That's last time I found it in the garage still works, um, surprisingly. Um, but no, I built this thing and the key centerpiece was my uh, Sony Lasers player, which I saved up a whole year to buy the floor model with no remote. And, um, Funny enough, the CD, the CD thing broke on it, but it still plays Laserdisc to this day. Um, <laughs> but do you have Laserdisc? I think I still have the Laserdisc, but not the player. I think, okay. let's see, I think I have the Japanese release of Pulp Fiction, the director's cut of Clerks, a bunch of anime, and inappropriate Chinese um, kung fu movies. So, you know, a nice smattering of weird things. <laughs> um, so that was kind of like my foray. And being the son of a single mom and having no men around and no, no uncles really who were in my life, I had to learn to do everything. So when my mom said, hey, we need more phone lines in the house and the phone company said, we're gonna charge you $600. She said, you figure it out. So I spent a weekend tearing apart the phone lines and learning how to do phone lines. And every little thing slowly, you know, pieced together. And then when I began playing, and I got into computers as a kid also, and you know, so taking them apart, building them, old Commodores and uh, Apple computers. And then um, when I became a musician and getting into pro audio and recording, all these different skills kind of slowly coalesced into this field. And I guess it really came to fruition when I was working at B&H uh, Photo out in New York in their home theater department. And they'd started a uh, home theater department to actually do install. But because of the Orthodox Jewish owners not wanting to really support media, um, it was a very, they didn't, it never really got off the ground, but they'd hired some really brilliant uh, talent in, in the industry in New York at that time. And so when they closed that down, you know, people were saying, well, who could do it? And so, oh, ask Sean, he can do it. And I'm like, eh, I can moonlight. And I just had um, my first kid and I was like, okay, well, you know, I could use extra cash, yeah. did one job and did another job. And, you know, next thing I know, I'm working two full-time jobs. And eventually I just went into that full-time and took a very small $3,000 loan from a family member and made my first quarter million in a year. And I felt pretty good about myself. And I formed my first uh, high-end, it was just residential, you know, uh, tri-state, mainly New York, Connecticut, New Jersey, Long Island, Nassau, um, building um, media PCs and buying and selling uh, Zitta, if anyone remembers Zitta um, media, media centers, of uh, Frankenstein those. Uh, we did a Control 4 uh, and um, uh, Nouveau, did a lot of Nouveau and Universal RTI. And taught myself to program Crestron when I wouldn't pay the percussion guys to do their work. But because I was working with high-end homeowners, I got access to their businesses. A lot of them were in construction and things. 
and I got access to commercial. I said, ooh, commercial is much more fun because in residential, they'll spend all the money in the world to make it make toast, even if you tell them it won't make toast. And then you have to argue with the wife about the drapes and the paint and you spend half time being a marriage counselor. When you're in a failing marriage, you don't want to be marriage counselor to 20 people when you can't make your own work. You know, I go to work eight away from my wife. So why would I want to deal with you and your crap? Um, so it was fun. Um, then 2008, 2009 happened and, you know, everyone went out of business. I bought two smaller companies and then sold mine. I think roughly there were like 30 companies in New York and the end there were six or seven. You know, we all kind of, you know, went by the wayside. And um, went back into pro audio a little bit longer and made some connections. And then when I moved from New York back to California, got into commercial heavily. So I've been in the field about 14 years altogether of, of, a, of AV in pro audio altogether. Well, pro audio much longer. And um, I found commercial to be much more to my, to my, to my liking. Um, not so much sales. I never liked sales. And I always get pigeonholed in sales and really wanted to design. And so was doing design on the side while doing sales and not being able to move up the company I was in. Got a, got a chance to do project management, which was cool, but I still wasn't getting to where I wanted to be, but I got to learn yeah. all these uh, disciplines. And that's really how I got into it. And here I am today, you know, the, nom one, the great nomad of, of AV, apparently. Well, I, you, you, you are one of several, certainly, uh, but oh, you yeah. have been back and forth. Um, one of the things I want, I want to talk about, and it's, it's something that, you know, um, I don't ask lightly, but again, and, I, and I've said this several times, um, I, I know who I am. I know what I am in the, in the industry. And, and I am, I am um, pushing the old white guy. I'm not quite to the old part yet, but, you know, middle-aged white guy. How about that? Um, and so I don't have the same experiences that you have. I, I haven't had some of those challenges. So talk for a second about, you know, the, the hurdles that you've had to, to face and, and then how, how you overcame them. Um, well, that's an interesting question. So hurdles I've had to overcome, those are vast and many. Um, as we know, AV is a very monochromatic field. That's a nice way of saying it's a lot of, a lot of white guys. Um, um, and so, and I, I grew up in California, it's very diverse, went to private school, so I was used to being around it. But if I'm being blunt, you know, I describe AV as a collection of, of nerds who found their calling in a way to make money out of their nerddom, which is what we should all do. That's why there's an ILM and, you know, there's a Blizzard Games and there's a LucasArts, a bunch of nerds who found a way to profit off it. Um, the difference with AV is that AV tends to, you, you, you can get any group of AV people from anywhere in the world and, you'll, and you can start a conversation about 20 subjects that they all agree on. You can start anytime start with Dune, Star Wars, D&D, um, uh, industrial music, uh, Japanese bands, anime, and I mean old school anime, not this new crap. <laughs> um, obscure, obscure avant-garde bands, you know, you want to talk about like Nico, Mr. Bungle, John Zorn, you know, Merzabal, everyone seems to know the same crazy bands I've ever heard of. Um, uh, cosplay is always a big one, but you know, you kind of see a, a general milieu of people, you know, I've never seen more people argue about which was better, Zork 1 or Zork 2 than AV guys. And if you need someone to explain what Zork 1 and Zork 2 to you, you should not be watching this video. Exactly. Um, go, go, go ask your, your friends. They'll know. Um, so as far as interests are all the same, but for me, I have run into quite a few uh, problems in that field because um, to me, what happens to most nerds and in the pejorative of nerds, because 
now nerddom is cool because anyone can watch Game of Thrones and still be cool. You know, whatever. I still haven't watched it or read the books. So I'm not going to. Um, I'll go play D&D and watch Record of Lodoff Wars. Seen it, done it. Don't need to. Um, two things happen. Either they stay a nerd and a full-blown nerd, and I'm gonna like all four of the nerds, or they got to college, got cool, finally got a girlfriend, cleaned up, lost some weight, and now they want to forget how, how nerdy they were because now they're the cool white guy. And they're two different personalities. The ones who were able to transition out of the appearance of nerddom are the worst because they have this little chip on their shoulder that somehow they've made it out. <laughs> and when I come along, I deal with a lot of ego, that's misplaced anger or misdire misdirection of a lot of things. And it's difficult. I usually have to approach every job, whether it's a contractor or an employee with a lot of caution, careful how I act, what I say, you know, even, though, even when I know I might have a better design or an idea, I have to be very cautious about how I approach it. I sit in meetings and just because I have an idea that I want to be heard, if I am too forceful, then I'm combative and yelling, even though I'm saying, well, no, I just want to be able to say what I think without being shut down. You pay me a lot of money to give you information, yet you don't ever want to hear it. <laughs> so if you just want me to sit here and be a bump in a log, find somebody else. I'm, you know, I like to work for a living. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of that. Um, I've run into, without saying names or companies, a lot of times we'll all have a, a manager or supervisor who will find any issue with the design to say, so I'll claim incompetence because they're threatened by my very presence. I've lost many jobs that way. I've had false claims of racism put on me by other minorities in AV companies. <laughs> um, so it's been difficult. Um, one of the reasons why I always try to stay an independent contractor is because I don't have to deal with that crap. <laughs> it takes, it lets me to still enjoy Do, do you it. not though? As an independent? I mean, don't you, that, that, that doesn't happen even? Okay. No, because it's me dealing with a client. And if they're someone I don't want to deal with, I don't have to deal with them. Versus when, I, when you work in an office and this person's your boss, and they're being condescending and racist and you have nowhere to go, but to them, you're stuck. Um, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, it's, it's very, like I said, I won't get into any names and unfortunately we've seen NDAs and discrimination lawsuits in the last few years, I've finally started fighting back and winning. You know, you know, I don't think things have changed, but I've definitely become more assertive than I used to be in my, in my, in my 20s and early 30s. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's hard to talk about getting specifics and because, like I said, there have been a few lawsuits. I can't get too specific, but um, the lack of diversity in AV is a big problem and people are starting to address it. Automation Arts, who I work for now, is really ahead of the curve. I think I'm the only person of color who works here, but they are actually seeking out women and, and BIPOC, um, uh, Black, Indigenous, people of color, the you know, general term now that people are using. To, to bring them in, especially in Wisconsin, which is about as integrated as a line sheet of paper, to, but you know, trying to, actually, not because it's the, just the right thing to do, but as research shows, when you have a more diverse cultural, ethnic, racial workforce, you get a better work product because they're bringing different experiences. You know, that this, whether it's all men, all women, you, know, it, you need different experiences to create a better work product. How I approach things, how you approach things. You know how a woman would, or or Asian person, or or Pacific Islander. Yeah, you know, we we all bring these different things to 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 the um, gumbo that is our with our project manager, our design, our understanding of technology. Um, you know, I come from an audio background, primarily, so I I'm one of the audiophile guys. I, yep. like, I like things to sound good, but the honest truth is, even though a Tenoy sounds better than a JBL, does the client tell different? No, because they're still using Zoom through a Mercury, and everything sounds like crap. <laughs> so. 
Will I argue with it internally? Not even more. Why are we sitting arguing? Junkie but loud versus Tonoy. I'll, I'll take I'll take the Tonoy any day. But you know, JBL likes to give rebates. You know, it's like strippers throwing the money back at you. Who would say no? <laughs> so some of this stuff is is, is certainly workplace, and and, and you you kind of caught me off guard with with the comment about subcontractor or, or independent contractor, but it makes sense, right? right? As an independent contractor, as somebody who, who runs your own business, you get to hire your clients. You can decide right. who you work for and who you don't. Right. So um, if someone's being a bigot, I can say, or I feel uncomfortable. I can say, I don't want to work with you. I don't have yeah. to. You don't have to. Talk for a second to, to other young men, other black men or other black women uh, in the industry who are coming up. Well, what advice do, would you give them? I have found in the last year or two, I've been searching out other people of color in the industry. I've tried to have been collecting, collecting across the country, trying to get at least one person in every state. Uh, Alaska hasn't worked out so well, neither has Maine, but you know, by the way, three black hockey players. Um, <laughs> I think they all quit already. Surprise, surprise. Um, no. Oh, they still play away. One thing. I don't follow yeah. hockey. What do I know? I know I'm going to get some thrown at me in Wisconsin, but um, <laughs> probably a piece of cheese. Um, I, I have found that the, the majority of people of color in this industry are actually black women, which is very, and a lot of them are either non-binary or transgender, which adds another layer of things to it. But even to many of the women I know in AV, and if they're watching this, they might know who you are, hello, uh, who are white women. I can speak of two I, uh, two I know, one I, I used to know very well, who's a top engineer at a, one of the largest AV companies. And she dresses like, a scummy guy because it allows her to get her work done. And she's like, this allow if I come in in baggy pants and shorts, it allows me to be respected in my field, even though I am, even though she's the head engineer for this large, large company with a can't say their name. Um, for her, it's easier. But it's funny, there are other women in that office who do dress like other normal women who are attractive, but they're in office admin. But she's the engineer. And just to get her job done, feel comfortable, she has to not be a woman. And I've see other women do that and i think that's ridiculous um and some of the best engineers i've ever met are women um and it's, i've spoken to many of them and they all say the same thing. it's very hard um you know they get a, either they have to keep moving around or they find a niche and they have to hold on to it with your life and I, I felt that same thing but i would say the most important thing is for any engineer and this hands down the I do not like engineers who have never been in the field. And I don't mean they go to sites. I mean, if you've never had to hang a TV, I mean, actually do mounting, pull cable, paint grills. If you've ever done it, I can tell design. Anyone who's done that with any large architecture firm has dealt with someone who's like, oh, this is our AV engineer. Uh-huh. You've never been on a ladder in your life, in your own home even, I bet. Because <laughs> like, oh, this will work. That doesn't work. It says right here in the manual. Okay, you're looking at the manual. You don't, you don't, you've never even touched the device. Go away. <laughs> The best thing you always do, you need to be hands-on to be a good engineer. You need to get out in the field and build a rack. You need to dress cables. You need to learn how to hang a TV properly on your own. And I don't mean a 32-inch. If, if you can't hang a 42, 50-inch on your own, you should not be designing AV. If you've never done that, if you know how to drill a hole, dress it, pull cables, shouldn't do it. Because when I see guys say, oh, yeah, 50, 50 inch that should take you 20 minutes. Really? Come here. <laughs> Go. <laughs> do it by yourself. See how long it takes. <laughs> You have to actually have a real world experience. If you've never PM'd a project, if you never had to commission a project, all these things, try to get your hands in as many fields. Also get your hands in many verticals. Education is very different than healthcare. 
Healthcare is very different than security. Security is very different than government, government than the military, different than uh, corporate. Try to get as many verticals as you can and learn as much as you can so that you can have that um, jack of all trades and you can take all that information and make you a better designer. And the good thing about, at least for me, I look at it as the fact that I've had to, had to move around because I've had to resign so many times or leave a company is that it's allowed me to touch so many different projects in different places. I've gotten to gain all this great industry information that most people wouldn't get and store it up here, which makes me an asset. And when I, and I pull on that and make use it for myself. It's not fun to, to transition that much and it doesn't look good on a resume, but if, you know, if they, if they experience in life, if you don't learn from it, then what's the point of, of, of living? So try and gain as much as you can. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to fail. Um, don't be afraid to try something new and see, you know, throw it against the wall and see if it sticks. Um, I also say we need to do more vocational training. It's shocking today that you can go to Harvard or UC Berkeley and you can get a doctor's degree in Nintendo, but you can't get a bachelor's degree in AV still. You can get a master's degree in computer science, but you can't get an associate in audiovisual installation. How the heck is that possible when we literally are on every college campus? They have AV departments, but you can't get a degree in AV. You can get a degree in audio engineering. You can get a degree in acoustic design. You can get a degree in IT. No one said, hey, you've got all the disciplines. I mean, if you look at AV fields, most, most AV fields who have been... A lot of them haven't finished college or they went to college for usually music, art, uh, but you've never seen a computer design or audio. It's almost always mu live musicians in AV, um, a lot of film people, you know, yeah. uh, film editing um, or, 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 or audio recording type folks, uh, expressions out in Emeryville, California, my, you know, my home stopping ground. One of, one of the biggest things they turn out to AV technicians because people go there to learn the audio side of it and they transition to AV field because we don't even have any specialized schools really for AV. You'll see me in associates or something. So, you know, like when probably you and I, you're older than me, but, you know, our school has an AV club. If your school has an AV club or if your school doesn't have an AV club and you're a young person, start the goddamn AV club. I started my school's anime club and it ran for seven years after I graduated, the longest running school club wow. to this day. You know, I mean, eventually it shut down, but, you know, get involved, try something and, and see, you know, learn something. You got nothing to do on a weekend, take apart that old PC you're not using. Take it apart. See how it works. You can put it back together and make it work. And if you can't figure out why, take apart that old TV, you know, get your hands dirty, um, read, read a book, not on a Kindle, a book, paper. See, now you're sounding like an old man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. I am um, an old man. That's what they signed my yearbook in high school. It says, it says, have a good summer, old man. Even freshman year. <laughs> many, many years from now, because you are not an old man. Um, but when you retire, mm -hmm. I want you to think about that time. Mm -hmm. Look back on the industry and what do you want to have seen changed? Oh. And what do you want to have changed? I would like the AV industry to get the respect it deserves. For 20 years, we've been um, the bridesmaid, but never the bride. And that's slowly changing, but it's only changing because we're changing genders from AV into a, incorporated in IT. And if anything, IT should be incorporating into us, in my opinion, because they're, we're, they're more dependent on us than we are on them, really, when it comes down to it. Um, IT is, God's honest truth, very simple compared to AV. AV... AV, you have to be a, a jack of all trades. You have to know construction. You have to know electrical. You have to know IT. You need to know about IP tables and 
voltages and you know audio. We have to know twenty. We have to be masters of twenty different things to just as much as build a huddle room. And so it's like, well, let's fold AV into IT. No, 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 no. IT should be folded into us. <laughs> um, I would like to see more women brought to the forefront of AV. Um, AV is very creative, and women generally are much more expressive in that regard. I, I like to think AV is an art form. I mean, just to give you a prime example, electricians, I'm running romance here, and I'm doing that, and that's how many lumens and candescence. Okay, I'm done. We have to say, what's the best display out of these 30 manufacturers for this room? What's the best size? And what camera is going to go best in there? And what, what cable routes do I have? And now what cable cubbies? Do I have put cables? Well, you have to literally be able to be an interior designer, a construction designer, and a technology designer simultaneously at all times. Yeah. And still be good at customer service and not be a total, you know, shoegazing lunatic like most of our programming friends who, you know, have 30 cats and still in their parents' basement, but still have every Flash comic ever made somehow in mint condition. <laughs> you know, hey, I'm not knocking it, but it, we, we, we have to really be able to do so many different things. And I, I tend to think that, you know, people of color are, are generally much more outgoing because we have to kind of overcompensate for being marginalized, that that helps us. We can kind of get into the spaces. We can bring those different experiences to the forefront and challenge a lot of things. I'd like to see the industry embrace the diversity that is there. It's just hidden. Um, there are a lot of amazing people in this industry who've been in for decades, people of color, who have getting very little recognition, unfortunately. And many of them are trying to stay in the AV field, but get out from the company they've been in where they've been stuck for so long because they're a woman or they're a person of color and they can't get past this little box they've put them in. Um, and I've experienced that too. Um, and a lot of them come to me and say, hey, I want to open my own company. I say, do not open your own AV consulting company. Do not, do not, do not, do not, do not. If you, if you do, the first thing you should buy is a tombstone. If you <laughs> don't your death, just leave the date off or you put the date you started coming to enter end date. It's AV consulting is gone. I mean, most bid requirements require that you have at least three employees. And so if you're an independent consultant, your best you be as a sub, a sub, and you're just setting yourself up for that. There's a lot of yeah. money involved in the insurance, you know, all these things, but study, you know, Know the business side. Um, know what if you're whatever state you're in. Know you know sh gain skills that you would have. For me, for example, like I'm very keen on building codes, which is something AV people are like. Eh, I'm like, yeah, it doesn't happen often, but that one time your client gets slapped with a twenty-five to hundred thousand dollars fee because you said, hey, we don't need those, all those ALS channels. Hey, you can put that schedule up two more inches, and then they say, hey, you're paying the fine. I've seen it happen. Don't be afraid to be the person to point out the inoculus. Um, you be innocuous because innocuous is, you know, it devils in the details. Um, and AV is all about details. Uh, you know, you ask 10 AV engineers, RS-232 or CEC, and you'll get 10 answers. And even though they're all saying the same thing, they'll get 10 you, You'll get one answer. It will not be CEC. <laughs> and automation RS, we are a big supporter of CEC. It depends on the display what you're doing. So as that is our standard, We'll, we'll discuss this later. <laughs> it is, a, is a, and I've seen it work, and it can work. CEC has gotten much better, and if you know your displays... Well, that, that may be true. It, it has been a minute since I've programmed the system, so... Right. No, CEC has gotten better. I prefer RCD, but now people are using... Now the LAN network, you know... Has oh, no, absolutely. You didn't give me LAN as an option. You said CEC or 232. Well, so. I'm still RS-232 because I like to sit on a rusty ladder with my headphones on 
and you know getting pieces of, of copper stuck in my fingers oh, yeah. you know, at three in the morning and on some random corporate campus pissed off you know that, that's why that's the best part of av when you don't when you're like how many hours i've been here oh the sun's coming back up isn't that gorgeous you know you look back at those i look back on that with reminiscence i look back at you know hanging tvs in in the bronx and opening up walls and finding you know wood and cobblestone and trying to find ways at midnight to hang some guys to you so you can watch the game you know it, all those things you learn by actually being there you know the joy of designing your first like you know large project with you know multi-tier audio and those are the, your first broadcast system and or maybe commissioning your first uh, control system all those little things that you know you when you're doing them you're freaking out oh and screw this up you look back and go wow i i did that i figured that out um and that's and that's the beauty of it that's to me is where I'll be looking back and I'm hoping in some time and I retire, I plan to do the to, I'm from Oakland, California. So I plan to do a two short deaths. I'll retire every five years and come back and say, I'm back. Like I never left and say, I've invented something cool and new and then retire again. Um, so I'll probably retire next year and then I'll come back again. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll have you on when you come back. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, something like that. Um, but I would like to see particularly women. I feel like to see more young people brought in and trained. I think this is an industry that would do very well for a lot of uh, Black and Hispanic and Latinx and Asian youth who already have an interest in a lot of things you're talking about, computers, music, audio, they all feed together. And if you're already in your school, the anime club, and you know, you're already in a, a, a burgeoning audiophile, and you're already, you know, taking apart your iPad because you realize it's crap, and you know, you just want to see what, if there really is a genie inside, and oops, it's not, it's just it says made in China, and why'd I pay so much for this? You're the guy who's going to be where we are in 20 years. Yeah. Don't be afraid to embrace it now. You know, look into things. Buy books and don't be afraid of Read audio books. Anything on sound engineering, sound reinforcing. Um, there's a great Yamaha book on sound reinforcing. It's with printed like 87. Almost every AV Yamaha Guide to Mixing. Yep. Yeah. If you, if you don't, I have three versions of it, you know, all beat up. If you don't have that, what is the hell is wrong with you? If you don't have the, I saw my first edition of AV over IP from, you know, that's highly out of date, you know, but some of the language that's in that first edition is very critical to thinking about AVIRP, whereas new one's cleaned it up and made it standardized. It's still thinking of it theoretical, which is very important. Um, yeah. Read. I can't stress it enough. You know, uh, it's funny. When you look at any AV person's house, they don't have good AV usually. They usually have ATV, maybe a mixed mass features and a bunch of cables laying around, if that, or they have no TV at all. If the shoemaker has no shoes, the hairdresser has bad hair, AV doesn't like me. When I go home, I like to relax and fill my mind with information. Um, you know, just just think, try to be creative. Don't be afraid to say, hey, this might, this might work. Try it out yourself. If you can save some money for your new Nikes or your, I don't know, new YouTube channel, build, buy a cheap rack, get a rack from old client, start building your first rack, build a test rack in your house just for fun, see what you can piece together. Even if it's old equipment, even if you have to get an old 2G DGE and, you know, a CP2 and, you know, some, some old BSS stuff. If someone will give it to you, who cares? Or you, figure it out. That's what we did. That's what we, we were all guys who took stuff apart and said, I want to be the person who put it back together. Just like yeah. every great mechanic started by taking apart their first car, or every, every hardcore cyclist building a bike. Get your hands into it. You know, it's not everything is Technology is not just about the presentation. Um, you know, I always get hung up when people talk about how ugly 
Extron products are. I'm like, I don't look at AV gear for the aesthetics. What the hell do I care? The rack's going in a closet. No one's, if someone actually walks by a rack and says, oh, that color gray on the Extron's ugly, I'm like, hey, how's the audio sound? Great. Then shut up about the color. How often are you looking at it? If an AV company is a cool looking product, you probably shouldn't be specking it. Rule number one. <laughs> okay. That, 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 the, right, that, that might be a bit, but they're not all ugly. All right. Uh, get your hands dirty, though. Uh, Sean, thank you so much, sir. I appreciate it. Uh, if somebody wants to connect with you, how do they do that? Um, oh, through one of my various divorce attorneys would probably be the best <laughs> way. Um, they seem to be, they love, or what's me, one of my ex wife's divorce attorneys, they love to send me crap uh, daily, hourly. Um, <laughs> you could marry me and then take all my stuff. I mean, get in line. Uh, there's not much to take, but those are the best ways you can only know. Um, there is still Astro Man on Twitter, Astro Man on Facebook. Um, uh, you can reach out to Automation Arts in either Madison or Milwaukee, and they can direct you to me. Uh, right. That's the best way. Um, if you have an axe to grind with me, please forget you knew me, and you know I'll do the same. And if you'd like to get to know me, ask someone who already does, and they'll tell you a bunch of amazing things about me and probably a few horrible things too. So I don't know anything horrible yet. So everything's we'll, we'll fair in love and AV. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, Sean Reed, thank you so much, sir. Uh, for us, for Aviation, go to our website, aviation.tv. That's aviation.tv. You'll find this program and a host of others, uh, including our two weeklies, uh, Resi Week that looks at the residential side and AV Week that looks at the commercial side. All that and more at aviation.tv. That's aviation.tv. 